We give you praise, we give you praise, we give you praise. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, the Prahando Jete. Ikalalalande, the Bojete. Le Kalalalalando Jeta. service together thank you for joining us this afternoon thank you for being with us wherever you are in the world good morning good afternoon good evening oh welcome into god's presence oh come on somebody make a joyful noise to the lord the bible tells us in psalms 100 make a joyful shout to the lord all you lands and serve the lord with gladness come before his presence with singing know that the lord he is god it is he who made us and not we ourselves oh we are his people the sheep of his pasture enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise be thankful to him and bless his name for the lord is good his mercy is everlasting and his truth endures for all generation oh come on somebody give god a shout of praise this afternoon lift up your voice give him glory give him honor thank him for being in his presence thank him for being in his presence bless the lord your maker this afternoon oh i want you to come into his presence with gratitude this afternoon yes your week may have not gone the way that you want things may have not gone the way that you want but when you come into his presence you come with a joyful shout you come with praise you come with thanksgiving you come with gladness oh let your spirit bubble up within you this afternoon ready to receive from God with gratitude. Oh, come on, shout to the Lord for he is good and his mercies endure it forever. Father, we come into your presence with joy. We come with singing. Oh, we come saying that you are God and you are God alone. There is none like you. There is none that can be compared unto our maker. You are God all by yourself. You stand in a class of your own. We thank you. We thank you that you can call us your children. We thank you that we can call you father. Oh, Abba, Father.
Baba, e katon shataya, lepra andea, e ketejata, lepra e kanando, jeketende leba aya, likado jatande, lepra aya, jeketea, maandoya. We come with praise, we come with praise, we come with thanksgiving. Oh, we come and we say glory, glory, glory to your name. Hallelujah. You are God. You are God. You are God all by yourself. Oh, we thank you for everyone connected to this house. Oh, we thank you for the set man and woman. We thank you for the leaders. We thank you for men and women. We thank you for the children. We come into your presence with thanksgiving, with praise, with honor, with adoration. Hey, with a joyful shout, with a joyful shout, we sing praises to your name. We sing praises, we sing praises, we sing praises to your name this afternoon. We give you glory, we give you glory, we give you honor, we give you adoration. Oh, we thank you that you don't despise us, you don't throw us away. We thank you for your grace, we thank you for your mercy, we thank you for your loving kindness, your tender mercy towards us. Hey, we thank you that is only by your grace, it's only by your mercy that we are still standing here. Oh, we thank you. That we don't need to be afraid to come into your presence. Even if we've done wrong, we can still come into your presence. Oh, openly and boldly we can approach the throne of grace. Oh, we thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Holy Spirit. Oh, we thank you for your presence. Oh, we thank you for your Shekinah glory. We thank you for the love. We thank you for the love of God. Oh, that you first loved us. We thank you that you stretched out your arm to snatch us from darkness. Oh, we thank you. Oh, we thank you, Jesus. Oh, we thank you, Jesus. Oh, we thank you. We thank you. We just come into your presence as a house, as individuals this afternoon saying we love you. Oh, we love you. We thank you. We don't come complaining. We don't come murmuring. We don't come saying you've not done this or you've not done that. We come knowing that wherever we are right now is by your grace. Oh, we come and we say thank you. We cast down our crowns before you. And we worship and adore you. Oh, we worship and adore you.
We magnify your holy name. We magnify your holy name. Oh, we thank you that the name of Jesus has saved us. We thank you for the name that is above every other name. We thank you for healing. Oh, we thank you for salvation. Oh, we thank you for deliverance in your presence this afternoon. We thank you, Jesus. Libra ande jatande lebe jataya. We thank you. Oh, we thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. We glorify your name. We magnify your name. You are worthy of praise. You are worthy of honor and adoration. There is nobody like you. Ah, we thank you. That no one can contest to be like you. We thank you that there's no other God like you. There's no other father like you. There's no other king like you. You are God all by yourself. You are God in a class of your own. You stand alone in the God class. Every other God are idols. Hey, that's why they don't fell before your presence. Oh, we thank you that you are God. You are God. You are God and God alone. No other God like you. No other father like you. There's no other maker like you. There's no other Lord, no other king. No other friend like you. We thank you that we can call you God. We can call you father. We can call you helper. We can call you friend. We don't have to be afraid of you. Even though we reverence and we fear you, we can still come boldly into your presence. Oh, we thank you that we don't need to run away from your love, but we can run towards you in spite of what we do. Oh, we give you glory this afternoon. Oh, we give you praise. Oh, we give you praise. We thank you that you're going to reveal another side of you that we've never known today we thank you that you're going to show us a side of your love that we've never seen we thank you for your goodness we thank you for your grace and your mercy in Jesus mighty name somebody give God praise wherever you are clap your hands and shout with a voice of triumph
thank you for your presence, God. Thank you for your presence, God. Your presence is precious to us. Father, we have come here today to worship you. You are the reason why we are here. If you are here when you know that you have at least one reason to thank God and to worship him, I want you to open your mouth and begin to bless his name. I want you to open your mouth and begin to, to worship him and and sing unto your God. If you don't feel like you have anything to be thankful for, I want you to just say, Father, thank you for your presence because his presence is here. Just open your mouth and begin to say, thank you for your presence. Thank you, Jesus. Say, thank you, Jesus. Is there anything that God has seen you through this year? Is there any difficult situation and challenge that God saw you through? Are you standing here with your mind intact? worship you father we worship you
voice and sing. We say thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We say thank you, God. Oh. lift your hands to heaven in gratitude and say father i've just come here to say thank you if it's possible if you can be on your feet i want you to stand as we express our gratitude to god come and say thank you thank you jesus thank you jesus thank you jesus Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. 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 Jesus, oh, thank you, Jesus. We lift our voice and sing how we love you. you 
with both hands lifted to heaven. I want you to sing hallelujah. hallelujah. Come on, with your hands lifted to heaven. Hallelujah. 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 of man that I am standing here today. It is not by any man's power or by his might. It is only by the grace of the Lord. Oh 
keeping God you stay true to your word you are not like man you do not lie your word never returns to your void you're so faithful God you're a faithful God hey. you're a faithful God oh you're a faithful God, hey, Akosha. You're a faithful God, oh, Papakata. You're a faithful God, hey, you're a faithful God, You're a faithful God, you're a faithful God, you're a 
Forever sing how great, we'll forever sing of your greatness. Hallelujah. When we bow down and worship, yeah. describe how awesome you are it doesn't matter how many songs we sing 
it will never be able to fully express it will never be able to fully express God how amazing you are Jesus Yahweh 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 Adakate kaso brandi kaso sha Oh Yahweh Yahweh Jadaya, oh regenda do zikane, Yahweh, 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 Yahweh. Yes, you are the Lord. Yes, you are the Lord, most high. And yes, you are the Lord, most high. Most high. You are the Lord, God. Yes, you are the Lord, most high. You 
Worship, worship him, worship him. Worship him in your own words and with your own song. Yeah, come on, worship him, worship him, worship him. Yeah, come on, worship him. No one will ever understand. No one will ever understand the No one will ever understand that Only you and God know. <laughs> Only you and God know. The things that you've never been able to explain in words. No one will ever be able to understand your worship. You are the Lord God most high. Most high, yeah. 
We just want you to know that we love you. Kingdom culture loves you. And here's our corner. Kingdom culture loves you. Kingdom culture loves you. These are not just words. 
Everything that we do is for you. We want you to know that we love you. We want you to know that we love you. We want you to know that we love you. We want you to know that we love you. We love you, God. We confess our love for you today. Come on, let's begin to pray. With the many agendas we come with to the presence of God, let's have one focus and one agenda. To glorify Him. To confess our love for Him. Father, we love you. We love you. We love you, Father. We love you. We are nothing without you. We are nothing without you. You are all in all and our everything. Come on, let's begin to confess our love for the Father. Where would we be without you? Where would we be without you? Everything we are, everything we have, it is because of you. While we were still sinners, you sought us out. It's not because we're talented. It's not because we are wise. Father, you loved us. You sought us out. You are the good shepherd who will leave the 99 in search of the one. Father, today we respond to what you have done on the cross. And we say, we love you back. We see what you did for us. We acknowledge the finished work on Calvary. Come on today, let's just respond for what Jesus has already done. He loves us, but today it's our turn to respond to his love. Father, we acknowledge you today. All we have to say is we love you. We are nothing without you. Everything we have, everything we are, it is because of you. And Father, it's not even because of our works. Our righteousness is like filthy rags before him. That your love is independent of our works. You love us just because father today we respond to that love and we say yes father we love you we need you we have no other agenda but to acknowledge you today but to confess our love for you Come on, begin to find any form of desperation. Because today, today, I can see the Father looking on earth, looking for a people 
that are ready to confess their love for him. This is a season of laid out lovers. You need to be able to discern the times. There is a time for warfare. There is a time for fighting. But there is a time for being laid out lovers. Let's tap into that part of ourselves that loves, that loves the Father. Father, we thank you for what you are doing in this service. We thank you for your spirit is here. Thank you for everything that is going to happen in this service. We thank you for the word, oh God, that will come like a sword. Come on, let's begin to position our hearts for the word today. Father, today, we empty ourselves of everything that is antagonistic for your word taking residence in our heart. And we say, Father, we are ready to receive your word today. We are ready not just to be hearers of your word, but to be doers of your word. And Father, we pray for the minister today that, Father, you can overshadow them in the name of Jesus. Come on, let's begin to make a shout of praise. Let's begin to make a shout of praise. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you. We thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Welcome to Kingdom Culture. Everyone, if you're online, say hi. If you're in a physical location, find someone you did not come with and say hi. Give them a high five and say hi to them. Don't stay in your seat. I'm hinting. <laughs> Welcome to Kingdom Culture. Welcome to the service. Today is not just uh, any regular service. It is a very special day for a very special gender, <coughs> a particular gender that is responsible for life. Um, and even if you're not a mother, um, you have the capacity and the potential to, to give life. So we honor our mothers, we honor our women. And amen, amen, amen. But let me not uh, keep you for too long. Um, just before I introduce the minister for today, um, in the description of the video, there's going to be details of giving. Um, we don't just believe in worshiping God with our lips, you know. We're not just a house of lip service. We want to give God, um, we want to give God uh, our offering. We want to give God something tangible, you know. We want um, not just to be singing, but to be giving as well. So the details will be in the description. And yeah, without any further um, ado, let's stand up as we welcome the minister for today. Wow, Minister Chris, thank you so much um, for bringing us into the service. Um, thank you to the worship team as well for that amazing and glorious worship and the prayer this morning as well. Thank you, Pastor Tunji. Happy Mother's Day. 
Happy Mother's Day to every every mother, every woman out there. We celebrate you today. Um, yeah, I think March is like the month to celebrate women, but that doesn't mean you can't celebrate us the rest of the year, right? <laughs> you know, we can still be celebrated as the year goes on. But yes, happy Mother's Day to all the special mothers out there. We love you, we celebrate you. So yeah, I'm not going to waste time. I'm just going to go straight into it. So we might as well. Um, before I do, just want to honor the set man and set woman over the house, um, Reverend Israel and Dr. Ajoke. We celebrate you. We love you. We honor you. Yes. Thank you for this um, opportunity to, to stand before everyone else and just deliver the word that God has placed on my heart today. As I, as I speak today, I don't want you to listen to me as Elizabeth, Pastor Liz. I just want you to listen to what the Spirit of God is saying to you. So don't necessarily concentrate on who is saying what is being said, but I want you to listen in and be sensitive to what the Spirit of God is saying to you. So... As I was preparing and thinking, okay, so what are we going to talk about today? And something that has been weighing very heavily on my heart is a season of birthing, which is very timely because it's Mother's Day as well. So it, it, it just fits in very well. So if you want a title, the title for today is The Courage to Birth. Amen. The Courage to Birth. So today, hopefully by the end of today, those that have been scared about birthing, you're just going to go and give birth straight away, <laughs> literally. <laughs> okay, so one of the scriptures that I want to start from is Isaiah 66. So I'll start from Isaiah 66, verse 9. So I might jump from scripture to scripture, but follow, follow, follow the trail, follow the trail, and let the Holy Spirit help you just weave everything together. So Isaiah 66, verse 9 is a scripture that, I want to say a lot of us might be familiar with or are familiar with. Um, I'll start from verse 7. Before she travelled, she brought forth. Before her pain came, she was delivered of a man-child who hath heard such a thing, who hath seen such a thing. Shall the earth be made to bring forth in one day? Or shall, shall a nation be born at once? For as soon as Zion travelled, she brought forth her children. Verse 9, the verse I wanted to really focus on. Shall I bring to the birth and not cause to bring forth, saith the Lord? Shall I cause to, to bring forth and shut the womb, saith thy God? I want you to think on that. I want you to just take a moment to ponder on those words. Because for some of us, we might be in a season where we we are exhausted from pushing. We are exhausted from trying to birth. And we are saying, God, what's happening? We might even be in a place where we are feeling barren. We are like, God, I, I don't even know what I'm supposed to be birthing in this season. What's going on? I'm confused. There's so much going on around me. Where do I focus on? If you've gone through the procedure of childbirth, this is probably going to be very easily relatable for you. But if you haven't, that's fine. I will, I will use that analogy here and there as we go on. But think about it. Think about the words in this verse that we just read. Shall I bring you to birth? As in, am I going to bring you this far and let you fail? 
Am I going to bring you this far and shut you down? Am I going to bring you this far and then you can't bring forth? Am I going to bring you this far and leave you? For those of us that are tired and you think that God has abandoned you and you want to give up, God is saying to you, shall I bring you this far to just leave you? Shall I bring you this far to just abandon you? I caused you to bring forth. So now I abandon you before you actually bring forth? How dare I? I want your faith to be stretched. I want your faith to be stretched. Whatever season you're in currently, I want your faith to be stretched as we go through, as we go through the scriptures today. Genesis chapter 1. Again, a scripture that is very familiar to all of us. Do you know what? It's easy to get familiar with scriptures to the point that you miss out on the revelation that God is trying to speak to you because you're like, oh, I know that verse. I've had it before. You know, I've had it a million times. I can probably recite it. And then you miss the thing that God is saying in that moment. But I'm going to read from, um, I'm going to read Genesis chapter 1. I'll read from verse 26 to 28. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. And God blessed them. And God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. So in the process of creation, God is giving us a mandate to be fruitful. If he's saying that you need to be fruitful, that means there is something he has put on the inside of you that you need to bring forth. There is something that you need to bath because he has given you the capacity to be fruitful. He has given you the capacity to multiply. He has given you the capacity to replenish. Sometimes we can look at a seed. The seed looks so small. The seed almost looks Almost looks lifeless. But when you look beyond just that seed, there is more to it. That seed has a lot of potential. And I want us, as we're, as we're, as we're thinking on the, on the words that, that have been read in the scriptures, think of yourself. Think of yourself. There is seed in you. There is seed in you. So for those of us who have a habit of self-sabotaging and saying, God... I am not worth anything. Nothing good can come out of me. That has to end. That has to end because there is seed on the inside of you. And if there is seed on the inside of you, as long as you do the right things with that seed, that seed is going to be fruitful. That seed is going to multiply. That seed is going to replenish. But there is something that you must do to activate what's on the inside of the seed to be fruitful, to come forth. If we were to break down the words and look at the, the, the Hebrew behind it. So fruitful, to bear fruit, to be fruitful, to make fruit. If you, if you want the real word, it's para. I hope I get it right. But to, to make fruit, to bring fruit, to increase, to grow. 
multiply. Rubber. To become great. Become many. You have the capacity to become many. You have the capacity to become great. But we need to see it. We need to open our eyes to see the potential, to see what is on the inside of us. You have the capacity to become numerous, to grow, to be great, to enlarge, to increase, to increase greatly. So not just to increase at a small level, but you have the capacity within you to increase greatly, to become great. So if you haven't realized, I want to remind you today that there's a seed of greatness on the inside of you. There's a seed of greatness on the inside of you. Regardless of what society has told you. Regardless of what you have been through in the past. Regardless of the demons that you have had to fight. Regardless of what people have called you in the past. There is a seed of greatness on the inside of you. And that seed did not just appear. That seed was intentionally planted in you. That seed was put there with intention. And that seed has the capacity to multiply. It has the capacity to grow. Replenish. The Hebrew word there is mala. To fill, to be full, abundance, be accomplished, to consecrate, to fill the land, to satisfy. This is the capacity that you have. There is something that you are carrying. There is something that is on the inside of you that has the capacity to explode. That has the capacity to increase, to enlarge. The capacity to fill the land that is on the inside of you. Something that has that capacity, that has that potential. So I want you to awaken to the greatness that is on the inside of you. No more small thinking. No more small talking. Open your eyes to the greatness that God has put on the inside of you. It's not too late. Regardless of what you are going through today, it's not too late for you to open your eyes to the greatness that is on the inside of you. In Genesis 49, 22, the Bible talks about Joseph being a fruitful bull with branches running over the wall. You have the capacity to spread, not just to be contained in one corner, not just to be contained in one little city. You have the capacity to spread. You have it within you because there is that seed that is in you. Now, my question for you, my, the question that I'm asking myself too. What are we doing with the seed that God has blessed on the inside of us? If this seed has all that capacity, like he has said, because he wouldn't ask it of us if he didn't put it in us. He wouldn't ask us to multiply if there is nothing in us that needs to multiply. He wouldn't ask us to be fruitful if there's nothing in us that has the capacity to be fruitful. So you can produce. We can produce. It's in us. The seed is there. What are we doing with that seed? What are we doing with the seed that is on the inside of us? Another question for us to think about. Do we have the courage to bath what he has placed in us? 
Do you have the courage to birth? To go through the process, to endure the pain, to endure the mocking, to endure the, the process of refining, the process of consecration, the process of, of pursuing, the process of, of saying no to all these other things and saying yes to God. Do you have the courage to birth what is on the inside of you? Because you can't birth what's on the inside of you in your own strength. What he has put on the inside of you is going to require him to help you birth it. So you cannot bring it out by yourself. I'm sure we're all aware every birthing process requires time. It's not automatic. You don't just wake up in the morning and something has been birthed. There's a process to it. There's a process to this birthing. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give us just a couple, of, um, a couple of words that we can hold on to when we think about this process of birthing. And the first word is perception. So what we perceive and what we see is important for us to have the courage to birth we need to be seeing correctly so we need to be able to see the potential of the seed that is on the inside we need to be able to also understand because perception is about understanding too it's not just about seeing but understanding having a knowledge of so you need to have a knowledge of the seed that is on the inside of you and you also need to have a knowledge of the season the season that you are in, because every day is not a day to birth. Every day is not a day to birth. Yes, other people might be birthing, but it doesn't mean that every day you're going to be birthing something. Because there is a process to it. There is a process to it. So your perception, what you are seeing, you know when he says, behold, I do a new thing. Do you, do you not see it? Do you not perceive it? Can you see what God is trying to bath on the inside of you? Can you see what God is stirring up on the inside of you? Can, do you have an understanding of it? I'm not just talking about physical sight, but beyond the physical sight. Can you see the potential of the seed? We look at a mustard, a mustard seed. It's one of the smallest seeds in the world. But yet it can grow into something massive. What are you saying about the seed that has been placed on the inside of you? The Bible talks about the sons of Issachar in First Chronicles. It talks about the sons of Issachar. And, and you know, I, it's a scripture that, yes, we are, we are familiar with. The Bible says about the sons of Issachar. I honestly, this is one of probably one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible, right? Um, First Chronicles chapter twelve and verse thirty-two. The Bible says, "And of the children of Issachar, which were men that had understanding of the times, to know what Israel ought to do, the heads of them were two hundred, and all their brethren were at their commandment." These sons of Issachar, they had perception. They had discernment. They understood the season. They were able to discern the season they were in. 
But beyond discerning the season that you're in, because what good is it just to know the season that you're in? But they also knew how to apply themselves. They knew what Israel ought to do. They knew, what do I need to be doing right now? I'm in this season. So what do, how do I apply myself? What do I do? What do I awaken in this season of my life? What do I give in this season of my life? They were aware of that. And we need to get to that place where we have the understanding of the season that we are in. Where we have an understanding of what we ought to do in a particular season. So the knowledge and the understanding, the sight is very important. In Genesis 8.22, the Bible talks about seed, time and harvest. So we have to be conscious of the fact that this thing is not going to happen automatically. You might have a seed. It requires time before a harvest can be evident. Before a harvest can be seen. Farmers know they don't just plant every day. There's seasons. There's particular seeds that will flourish in particular seasons. You know, if you, if you go and buy some, some plants, they'll tell you. If you buy the seed, they'll tell you, they'll be like, plant this in this particular, between this particular period of time. Because there are seasons. So the seed that you are carrying, there are seasons to it. There are seasons to the harvest that you will see. There are seasons to you birthing. But you need to discern. You need to perceive. You need to have an understanding. And you're, your, your perception is, is, is literally you coming into a place of greater awareness. Coming into a place of greater awareness to what you are carrying. To what God has put on the inside of you. And we all need to get to that place. Last week, Reverend Israel was talking about you know, pursuing God and talking about loving God. The more we are able to build our relationship with God, the greater our awareness we start to see ourselves on a different level. We start to see ourselves in a different light. When Isaiah said in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. But when he saw the Lord, what happened? He started to see things about himself. So when we're able to spend time in God's presence to get closer to him, we start to see things about ourselves. We start to see things that need to change, things that we need to work on, things that we need to grow, things that we need to develop. So our relationship to God, our pursuit of God, our loving of God is important to help with our perception of the seed that we are carrying, to help with our understanding of the seed that we are carrying. So if that's something that we need to work on, then that's where we need to start. Growing that relationship, building that relationship so that we are in the right place, so that we can see clearly what he's trying to show us and what he has placed on the inside of us. The other P that we need to be conscious of is preparation. There's always a time of preparation before birthing. You can't just wake up and say, I'm going to birth without having prepared. There's things that you need to do. There's things that you might have to sacrifice in a particular season because you're preparing for a time of birthing something in particular. There might be, you know, seasons of preparation where you have to go in a, in, in a place of, isolation in the wilderness 
You might even experience times of pain in that place of preparation. It might be a time of testing, a time of separation where you have to let go of certain things, where you have to say, in this season of my life, I need to say no to this because I want to bath this. Because when we say yes to something, we're saying no to something. So there'll be seasons in that time of preparation where we have to really align ourselves. Because when we come into a place of, of, of greater awareness, a place of greater perception, it means that we are better equipped to prepare for that time of birthing. We're better equipped to say, okay, so this is what God is trying to bath on the inside of me. So how do I need to prepare? If God is raising you up to be a, a kingdom builder, a kingdom funder, Monies are going to come into your hands. How do you need to prepare for those monies to come into your hands? How do you need to, you know, what mindset do you need to have when those monies come? What character do you need to have when those monies come into your hands? Whatever God is trying to birth on the inside of you, there's going to be a time of preparation. But when you don't have an understanding of what it is that he's trying to bath on the inside of you, it's easy for you to miss it. It's easy for you to, to forget that what you are going through is preparing you. It's easy for you not to realize that actually this time of dryness is building my character, is shaping me. It's, it's making me a better version for what God is bringing me into. Because sometimes we go through certain things and we are crying to God. We're like, God, take me out. What about God, take me through? Because in those seasons, sometimes he's trying to work something on the inside of you. He's trying to grow something. He's trying to build something. And so sometimes you have to go through stuff. You will have to go through stuff. The Bible, the Bible doesn't say, if you go through the valley of the shadow of death, it says when? So situations, dark moments, they come. Situations happen. Life happens. But even in those moments, there's preparation that is happening. There's testing. Your faith is growing. Do you know if you never go through challenges, like your faith, <laughs> your faith doesn't have an opportunity to grow. It's when you're going through stuff that you really have to hold on and you're like, God, I want to believe your word. I want to see this word come to pass, but this thing right here is breaking me. It's shaking me. It's taking the life out of me. What do I do? When we go through these seasons of preparation, we start to see God in a different light, aside from seeing ourselves. If you ever look back at some of the toughest moments in your life or just some of the, the situations that shook, if you look back on them, you start to see things about yourself. You start to see things that either you learned or areas that you grew in. And remember, growth is not always a comfortable place. So that time of preparation is not always going to be comfortable. And sometimes it's not necessarily that we have made this situation happen, but sometimes the Holy Spirit has led us into it. The Bible talks about Jesus when he went into, into temptation. It says the Holy Spirit led him. 
He didn't just say, let me just go to this place and be tempted. No, the Holy, there was a need for him to go through that season. So there'll be seasons that you go through and there's a need for you to go through them. It might look frustrating for you. It might, it might look hard for you. But don't worry, God is not trying to kill you. He's trying to kill your flesh. So that you can concentrate on what he's trying to birth in that season. It's not going to be comfortable. It won't be. It's going to be a time of stretching. A time where your faith is being tested. A time where people might not even understand what you're going through. But God is working something. God is working something. Don't focus on the things that are not working. Focus on what God is trying to do in that season. Focus on what God is. And, and this is why when you have the perception, when you have the understanding of what he's trying to birth, it helps you to go through this. Because you can see, you know when the Bible talks about Jesus, who for the joy that was set before him, he endured. There was something set before him. He knew what was being birthed. So he was able to endure the pain that he was going through today. So you might be going through the worst situation that you've ever faced in your life. But I want you not to fix your eyes on that problem and that situation. Fix your eyes on God. Let him guide you. Let him direct you. And ask him to show you the end that is coming. Because he knows the end from the beginning. So he doesn't just bring you to fail you. He doesn't just bring you to disappoint you. In Isaiah 35. Let me just turn to it now. So Isaiah 35. I remember the first time I really read this scripture. I was, I was going through something in my life. And it was the scripture of choice that my dad decided to send to me. And I read it and I was like, Dad, what are you on about? I'm going through that and you're sending me this scripture. Why? I couldn't put two and two together. Because I didn't realize what God was trying to birth in that season. But I look back now and I was like, oh. I see now. I'm going to read from verse 1 to verse 4. The Bible says, the wilderness and the solitary place shall be glad for them. And the desert shall rejoice and blossom as the rose. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice even with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given unto it. The excellency of Camo and Sharon. They shall see the glory of the Lord and the excellency of our God. Verse 3. Strengthen your weak hands and confirm the feeble knees. Say to them that are of a fearful heart, be strong, fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance. Even God with a recompense, he will come and save you. So yes, this is going to happen. But in this moment right now, you need strength. You might be feeling exhausted. It's a time of strengthening. 
It's a time of strengthening. The reassurance is there. He's coming to save you. He is coming to save you. He has not left you. He has not abandoned you. So yes, it might look like all hope is gone. It might look like all hope is gone. That's what the reality might look like. But what has God said? What is God saying to you? What is the promise that God has given you? Because his promise will not fail. He's a God of integrity. He's not a man that he should lie. He will not fail you. So what he has told you in the past, those things can come to pass. But you need to go through this moment of strengthening. You need to go through this moment because when you go through the strengthening, you can hold what he's bringing. You have the strength to hold the glory of what is coming. But if you don't go through the strengthening, you might be too weak to carry what he's bringing your way. So yes, the times that you're in, the season of preparation, the season of testing, separation, pain, whatever it is, might be breaking you. You feel like giving up. You feel like letting go. But he's saying, receive strength. Receive strength. I will save you. I will save you. Say to them that are of a fearful heart, be strong. Fear not. Behold, your God will come. He's coming. He's coming. The restoration that you're waiting for, he's coming. The recompense, it's coming. He will restore. Just hang in there. It's a time of strengthening. When we read about Esther, Esther went through a time of preparation. So we all have to be prepared to go through a time of preparation. Don't expect to give birth without preparation. She went through preparation for 12 months. She was being prepared to come before the king. Some of us, 12 months feels too long. But if, imagine she had, give, she had said, I'm tired of this preparation. After six months, after seven months, if she had said, I'm done with it. Because that's what some of us do. It's like God has us on an operation table where he's trying to do the work in us. And we get tired. We're like, God, I'm done with this. I'm out. We check out. We cancel God. And yet he's just saying, just, just a little while longer. Do the preparation so that you can enjoy what is coming ahead of you. It might seem painful. It might seem frustrating. But don't give up. Don't give up. God is up to something. He is coming. The, deli the deliverer is, in fact, he has come. So don't give up. When we read the story of David, when David faced Goliath, there's some things that, that David said, and this guy had so much courage. This guy had so much courage. He was a small boy, but a very courageous boy. Because of the things that he had been through in the wilderness. Because of what he had endured in the wilderness, he was able to stand courageously before Goliath. 
He was able to face what other people feared because he had endured the struggle in the wilderness. He had paid the price. The wilderness, the time of preparation, that's where you pay the price. You put the down payment. <laughs> that's where he paid the price. In First Samuel 17, reading from verse 32, the Bible says, And David said to Saul, Let no man's heart fail because of him. Thy servant will go and fight with this Philistine. And Saul said to David, Thou art not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for thou art but a youth, and he is a man of war from his youth. And David said unto Saul, Thy servant kept his father's sheep. And there came a lion and a bear and took a lamb out of the flock. And I went out after him and smote him and delivered it out of his mouth. And when he arose against me, I caught him by his beard and smote him and slew him. Thy servant slew both the lion and the bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them, seeing he hath defied the armies of the living God. This small boy had some courage. He had some courage. He had perception. He had understanding of where he was going. Remember, he had already been anointed, right? He had already been anointed. Yes, the reality did not reflect the anointing that had happened, but that was all preparation. And so he had the courage to face God. He could speak so boldly. And some of us, that's what we need to do. We need to remember the, the wilderness, the preparation we have been through so that we can face the giant that's in front of us today. Don't shake. Just because the giant is looking big, he's not bigger than your God. There is no giant in this world that can ever look bigger than your God. It's about perception. What are you seeing? What are you seeing? For David, he was able to recall the battles that he had won. And because he was able to recall those battles, he had the courage to birth in that moment. He had the courage to show up in that moment. Birthing requires you to show up. You can't hide. You can't hide. You have to show up to give birth. David couldn't hide. He showed up in that moment. And he was more courageous than, than, than the people older than him. More courageous than the king himself. And you know, the other thing about David, David knew what he carried. Say, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that is trying to defy the army of the Lord? He didn't just see himself as a small boy, like this guy is trying to. No. He saw himself as part of the army of the Lord. So that's why he was able to talk like that. So this, this Goliath, this so-called giant, this uncircumcised Philistine trying to defy the army of this big, great God, how dare he? And he had to put him in his place. He had the courage. Because of what he had been through. The time of preparation. The season of preparation. So don't give up in your season of preparation. 
It might seem like it's taking long. Don't give up. Remember he has said he's coming. He's coming. He's coming. Have that at the back of your mind. When it looks so dry around you. When you feel so exhausted, when you feel anxious, when you feel worried about tomorrow, remember that he has promised you, I am coming. He has given you his word. And he will not fail. Another thing that's going to help us to have the courage to birth is the people that we are willing to partner with. The people that you're willing to partner with. When I was going to give birth, they asked me, who is going to be your birthing partner? And even in that process, you have to partner with the, 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 the medical clinicians. You have to partner with them. Because they know better than you do. So you have to listen in to the instructions. You have to listen in to what they're saying. But we have to be, when we are partnering, we have to be conscious of, who and what we are partnering with. Who and what are we partnering with? When we look at Elizabeth and Mary, it seemed like it was just a thing that happened in a moment, but there was a partnering going on there. There was a partnering going on there. And if you, if you read what it says, that encounter that they had in Luke chapter 1, in Luke chapter 1, if you just read up on that encounter that they had, I'll just read from verse 39. The Bible says, And Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste into a city of Judah and entered into the house of Zacharias and saluted Elizabeth. And it came to pass that when, Mary, when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the babe leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. I read that and I was like, wow. So she just had the greeting. Then something on the inside of her was jumping. And then she was filled with the Holy Ghost. This, this partnering is not just a physical thing. It's not just a physical thing. We have to be conscious about that. And the Bible goes on to say, so he talks about, yes, the, the baby on the inside of her was leaping. And it says that, yes, she was filled with the Holy Ghost. Verse 42, and she spake, she spake out with a loud voice and said, Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. And whence is this to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For lo, as soon as the voice of thy salutation sounded in mine ears, the baby leaped in my womb for joy. And blessed is she that believed, for there shall be a performance of those things which were told her from the Lord. There shall be a performance. There are people that you will partner with. And when you partner with them, you will receive strength to hold on. It might not even be the things that they say. It might just be in the way that they behave towards you. It might be that, yes, they say some things that encourage you, that lift you. So be conscious 
of who you're partnering with. Remember, you need to have an understanding of what you're carrying. Because that will enable the partnerships. It will enable the good and the correct partnerships that God wants you to have. For Mary, this was important too. Because Elizabeth was ahead of her in the pregnancy. So at least she was partnering with someone who was ahead in the process. Some of us don't even want to learn from someone who has gone ahead of us. We despise them. We look down on them. She could have said she's too old. I don't want to learn from her. But she partnered with her. She could have said she might not understand my lingo. I'm a millennial. I'm this, I'm that. But no, she partnered with her. Because what they were carrying, there was a connection. When you know what you are carrying, when people come your way, you know the ones who are not for you. You're able to discern who is not for you and who is for you. Because not everyone out there is for you. There are some that are with you just because of what you're carrying. There are some that are with you just because of the glory that's around you. But they're not really with you. So you have to, you have to be discerning. You have to be discerning. When we look at Elijah and Elisha, when Elijah came and put the mantle on him, he could have just been like, dude, who are you? Leave me alone. But no. In the moment, he had a, an understanding. Yes, it might not have been to the depth, the fullness, but he had an understanding of what had just happened in that moment when the mantle was placed on him. We have to be conscious that we are partnering with the right people because there are people that might want to put something on you that is not for you. And that's why the preparation is also important. It's also key. And being like the sons of Issachar, discerning the times and the seasons, that's key. Because it helps you to realize when you come around people, it helps you to realize that Ooh, this is a moment I need to key into. This is something I need to tap into. This is someone I need to connect to. Because you have a, an understanding of what's being stirred on the inside of you. You have an understanding of where God is drawing you to, where God is trying to take you to. In Luke chapter 5, the disciples, Simon Peter cast out the net and Jesus said, you know, do, let's do it the other side. Because yes, you've not caught anything and these guys are tired, they're exhausted. And so they cast it the other side. Nonetheless, at your word, God will do it. And they, 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 put, they, they cast the net the other side. And they caught a net-breaking harvest. But they couldn't do it by themselves. They needed help. They had to call their partners to help them to bring the harvest in. There's a harvest that's coming your way that you're going to birth. But you need to partner with the right people to help you bring the harvest in. So don't think that this harvest is going to be you working by yourself because that harvest might be bigger than you. In fact, not might be, it will be bigger than you. So you need to be partnered with the right people. Partner with God and partner with the right people. Because Simon Peter did what he did because Jesus said he was tired, he was exhausted, 
But Jesus said, Jesus gave him an instruction. He could have said, Jesus, I'm an expert at fishing. You just do the preaching, I'll do the fishing. He could have said that. But he realized that in this moment, I'm partnered with Jesus. And Jesus is the expert in everything. So whatever he says goes. Don't despise what God is asking of you in this season. Don't despise what God is asking you to do. It might seem exhausting. It might seem desperate. It might seem frustrating. But don't despise what instruction he is giving you. You might not see what he's saying. And because of that, you belittle the gravity of the instruction he's giving you. They, they could they could have they could have like we've been here all day. Like we're the ones that have been fishing. You have you just been talking, you've just been preaching. But we've been the ones fishing. We've had the experience, we've felt the pain, we've gone through the frustration, we've been exhausted. And you're telling us to what? To put it on the other side? So go back again for some more frustration, some more exhaustion. Jesus, really? Nevertheless, at your word, what instruction has God given you in this season? What proceeding word has God given you? What are you doing about that proceeding word? Because that net breaking harvest will be on the other end of that proceeding word. So you need to be obedient to the word that God has given to you. And do as he's asking of you. In Ecclesiastes chapter 4. Again, a scripture that is popular and probably a lot more popular at weddings than it is generally. But I'll, I'll, I'll read what the scripture says. So Ecclesiastes chapter 4. Verse 9 to 10, the Bible says two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, the one will lift up his fellow, but woe to him that is alone. When he falleth, for he hath not another to help him up. Who are you partnering with in this season of your life? And some of that partnership isn't the wise counsel that you need to get. Because sometimes we're very big-headed and we say, I can do it all by myself. I don't need anybody's help. Shabi is me that God gave the word. So I know what I'm doing. But there's people that God has put around you that you need to partner with. You need to key into. You need to sit down and learn from. Because there will be people around you that have birthed something similar and you just need to get close and sit and learn, be teachable. We cannot birth if we are not teachable. We'll have complications in the birthing process. So sometimes we have to sit down and just learn. Just mm, zip your mouth and just learn. Just let your thoughts be switched off. And just learn. Just learn. Learn what God wants you to learn in that season. 
we look at the example of Ruth and Naomi. Naomi tells Ruth, go. Ruth says, no, I'm not going. The other sister-in-law left. Opa left. She said, ah, I'll go. Ruth said, no. Imagine Ruth had gone. What would we be reading in the book of Ruth today? Would the book of Ruth even be there? But she held on. She held on to Naomi. She partnered with Naomi. So it's, it's, we need to be discerning in the people that we are partnering with. You know, the Bible talks about the older women teaching the younger women. And I want to believe that that's not relevant to the women, but to the men too. There is something that we can learn from the generations. So let's not just write off one generation and say we can't learn anything from them or nothing good can come out of them. Let's connect. Let's partner. Because two are better than one. But it has to be the right partnerships. We have to discern the right partnerships because this thing must be birthed. This thing must be birthed. You might be sitting there and thinking there is something that has been stirring on the inside of me. God wants me to birth this thing, but I don't have the tools. I don't know how. I don't know how to get started. I don't know where. And yet there's someone in your circle that has actually done something almost similar. And God's like, spotlights. This person, go speak to so-and-so. And you're like, no, I don't want to speak to them. They talk funny. They look funny. I can't go and speak to them. You're biased in your opinion of the person because you don't know their full story. You don't know where they're coming from. You don't know what they've been through. Because we do that a lot. We see someone on face value and we write their story instead of actually speaking to them and finding out their story. When we're partnering, we need to be conscious who we are partnering with. We need to be conscious who we are saying, your people will become my people. Who are we saying that to? Where you go, I will go. Who are we saying that to? When God is raising you up, he will place key people in your life. And you need to be conscious of who those key people are so that you don't abuse the relationship, so that you don't over-familiarize yourself with the relationship. You have to be conscious of what God is doing. You have to have some inside knowledge into where God is taking you. So you realize that, oh, this person that God has brought into my life is not just for sure. Because everybody that comes into our life, there's a reason. There's a reason. There's a reason. And we just need to ask ourselves and ask God, what is the purpose of this person being in my life? What key do they have that I need access to? What door are they opening? Or what door am I going to open for them? There's, there's something that Bishop T.D. Jakes once said, and I, I like to borrow it because I, I, I love it. Um, and he just said about when people come, there's, there's always levels to the people that God brings into your life. And he said there's people that God will bring that you can glean from. So people that you can reach up to, people you can learn from. And then there'll be people that you can reach out to. So people who are, who are sort of on similar levels with you and people that you can teach down to. So people you can pour into. 
So those are things that we need to be conscious of. Who are we partnering with? Who are we learning from? Who are we pouring into? When we have an understanding of what's on the inside of us, it's easy for us to perceive that, yes, this person, no, that person. So we don't make the mistakes that people are making. The other thing that's important is our positioning. And when we talk about positioning, yes, your physical location, where are you? When we talk about positioning, we talk about the posture of your heart. Where is your heart? What is your heart posture towards God, towards the people that he wants you to partner with? What is your heart posture? Last year, we focused a lot on Isaiah 60. Arise, shine. Arising is a change of posture. It's a change of posture. You don't just say, oh, I'm arising, and you stay in the same posture. Something has to change. Something has to shift. Your posture has to change. Your positioning has to change. Your physical location, where are you planted? Some of us who hop from church to church, you don't realize that where you're planted is important. Where you, where you are planted can determine the fruit you're bearing. It can determine what you birth in a particular season of your life. In Psalms chapter 1, the Bible says, Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law does he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he does shall prosper. He's planted. He is planted. So you have to be planted in the right place. You have to be, and planting is not just throw you there. You Rooted. Your roots need to be somewhere. You need to be connected somewhere. So your positioning is so important. If you want to birth the things that God is calling you to birth in a particular season of your life, where you are positioned, where you are connected, is an important thing for you to consider. Don't just hop here and hop there. The positioning of your heart, the posture of your heart. Where is that? Some of us are waiting for our shining, but change of posture before you shine, right? Arise. There has to be a change of posture before you can shine. Your heart has to be in the right place. There has to be a humility about you. You have to be teachable. You have to be willing to learn because we don't know it all. And that could be learning from God directly through the Holy Spirit or that could even be learning from the people that he has put around you. But you have to be willing to learn. And the other thing that's going to help us to have the courage to birth 
is the strength to push. The strength to push. If you're going to birth, what God is asking of you in this season, you have to be willing to push. And when I say push, I'm not just talking about pray until something happens. You have to be willing to push to bring it forth. You have to commit yourself to the act of pushing. And when you're going to push, there's a posture, isn't it? For those that have given birth, there's a posture you have to be in to push. Personally, I didn't have to push because something happened, emergency happened. So I, 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 I flew over the pushing side. <laughs> but it just meant that then they had to, you know, cut me open and bring her out. But, but the pushing requires you to be in a particular posture. The pushing is about the action that you're doing in the season that you're in. If you were going to birth, there's action that needs to be taken. Like I said before, it's not automatic. So you have to be ready to do certain things. You have to be ready to consecrate yourself. You have to be ready to go out there and connect with the people God wants you to connect with. You have to be willing to sit down and, and study to show yourself approved. There's things that you're going to have to do in that time of pushing to bring that baby out. Because it's not always straightforward. It's not always straightforward. In fact, devils will come against you when you're pushing. So much will happen around you. You will want to give up. But don't give up. Don't give up. Because your pushing is going to birth. Your pushing is going to bring forth. You know, in Genesis 26, we read about Isaac digging the wells. He was re-digging the wells that his, his father had initially dug, but you know, the Philistines came and they filled them up. So he came to re-dig the wells. Was it just one well he dug? No. Because there was opposition. There was opposition coming against him as he was digging the wells. Genesis 26, from verse 18, the Bible says, And Isaac digged again the wells of water, which they had digged in the days of Abraham his father. For the Philistines had stopped them after the death of Abraham, and he called their names after the names by which his father had called them. And Isaac's servants digged in the valley and found there a well of springing water. And the herdmen of Gerah did strive with Isaac's herdmen, saying, The water is ours. And he called the name of the well Essek because they strove with him and they digged another well and strove for that also and he called the name of it Sitna and he removed from thence and digged another well and for that they strove not and he called the name of it Rehoboth and he said for now the Lord has made room for us and we shall be fruitful in the land there's going to be opposition as you're pushing but you have to remember what is set before you. You have to remember what you're trying to birth. If you're birthing a baby and you give up, you miss out on the joy that that baby can bring. So you have to be willing to push. You have to be committed to the pushing so that you can birth 
what God is requiring you to bath in this season. Your pushing is not going to be straightforward. I will tell you that. It's not going to be straightforward. But you have to commit because you want to birth what God has placed on the inside of you. Remember where we started. Be fruitful. Multiply. Replenish. So it's already in you to bring forth. But you need to commit to the process to be able to bring forth. It's already in you, that seed of greatness. It can be seen. The world can see the seed of greatness on the inside of you. But you need to be committed to nurturing that seed of greatness so it can shine the way that God needs it to shine. Shine your light so that men can see the good works and glorify God. So your birthing is not just about you. It's not just about you. If you're thinking it's about you, forget it. It's about what God wants you to bring forth. It's about what God has put on the inside of you. And something that we need to remember is that birthing is an in, it, it starts inwardly before it, there's an outward manifestation. So when you see that someone has birthed some, something, know that they have gone through something inwardly to bring forth what they've brought forth. So when you look around and say, oh, I, I want what they have, just be ready to put the work in for you to birth what you need to birth. We have to be ready to put the work in so that we can bring forth what God is asking of us because we have that mandate. We have the mandate. We cannot just come on earth and not birth what God has put on the inside of us. It must be birthed. Everything that he has put on the inside of us must come out. It must come out. There's a seed of greatness on the inside of you. The world is awaiting the manifestation. There's a child waiting for you somewhere. There's a generation waiting for you somewhere. There's a community waiting for you somewhere. To push and bring forth. If we, if we can all rise... I just want us to raise a prayer and say, Lord, help me to birth everything. Help me to be committed to the process so I can birth everything that you have put on the inside of me. Father, help us, Lord. Give us the strength. The strength to push and to birth what you require of us in this season, Lord. Father, help us to have a clearer understanding, Lord, to come to a place of greater awareness of the seed that is on the inside of us, the seed of greatness that you have planted on the inside of us. Open our eyes, Lord. Open our eyes to see. Open our eyes to see. Open our 
eyes to see what is on the inside of us, Lord. And give us the grace to endure the process so that we can birth. Father, give us the courage to birth everything that you desire for us to birth in this season of our lives, Lord. Father, help us to, to, to be discerning like the sons of Issachar to understand the season that we are in. Arribabasona, to know how to apply ourselves, to know what to do, when to do it. To know what to sacrifice, to know what to let go of, to know what needs to change, to know what we need to change in our lives, Lord, so that we can birth that which you want us to birth, that which you have called us to birth, that which you have separated us to be able to birth. Father, help us to position ourselves. Help us to position ourselves and to posture ourselves. The people that you need us to connect to, Lord. The people that you need us to partner with. Lord, open our eyes, Lord, to see those people, to know those people. So that we will not miss the opportunity to partner with the people that you are bringing our way, Lord. Father, we thank you even for the capacity that you have put on the inside of us. Thank you for the potential. Thank you for the seed that is on the inside of us. As that has the power to increase a seed that has the power to fill the earth a seed that has the power to be greater a seed that has the power to be numerous a seed that has the power to multiply to be fruitful to replenish the earth a seed that has the power to grow to enlarge to explode Father, we partner with you. We partner with you. So that we can birth the greatness that is on the inside of us. We partner with you. So that we can birth so that we can multiply so that we can be fruitful so that we can replenish we partner with you we partner with 
Father, help us to be planted, to be planted in the right place. Help us to be planted in the right place, Lord, that we will not miss what you are doing in the season. Father, help us to be teachable. Help us to be teachable. Help us to have a heart of humility. Maria Baba Sikata help us to have a heart of humility to learn the things that you need us to learn and to do the things that you need us to do Firstly, when I look at what comes after Pastor Tonji, Pastor Liz, Pastor Tosin, Dorinda, and the other leaders, we are blessed. What a word. What a word. Jesus is Lord. Let's just stretch our hands forward to Pastor Liz and pray a prayer, for she's poured out a lot. Heavenly Father, your word says, Beautiful is the sound of the feet that preaches the gospel. We thank you today, Lord, that we've heard from the living God expressed through a vessel that is humble and yielded, O oh God. And Father, in this season, we declare and decree that her feet will not just walk, but will run. It will not walk. It will not walk with the ungodly or stand in the path of the sinners or sit in the seat of the mockers. But Father, you have sowed your seed in this garden that is kingdom culture and there are titans growing. Oaks of Bashan's bigger oaks that are bearing fruit. That will not will overflow in past seasons she was blessed in the field in this season fields will be blessed with her towns will be blessed in her because she will shift spiritual realities in the communities that she speeches speaks and preaches she'll influence and she'll bring the glory of the living god because your word has said that it's her time to rise shine for the light has come and the glory of the Lord is risen upon her. Father, we thank you, Lord, that everything that she has dared to believe has already happened in the spiritual, in the, in the cause realm. 
and it's now manifesting. We expect greatness. We expect abundance. We expect her to be a trailblazer in her community, in her marketplace, in her industry. And Father, we just thank you in the blessed name of Jesus for your daughter. Amen. Amen. Next, we are going to go into a time of announcements. Hi everyone, how are you? I hope you're doing well. This is Amanda and here are today's announcements. So our prayer watches continue and our aim is to have watches um, for 24 hours. Um, for now, you can join us Monday to Friday at 6.30am at 12pm um, and you can also join us at 7pm. On Tuesdays and Fridays, you can join us at 11pm for the press. If you want to connect with Prayer Culture in any way, um, you can do so. You can also join us via Telegram. You can contact prayerculture at kculture.org. Royals, which is one that's very dear to my heart, meets every Sunday at 11 a.m. If, if you want to know more about Royals, please contact us at kcroyals at kculture.org. Royals also has three watches every week. We pray on Mondays, we pray on Wednesdays and we pray on Thursdays, not just for our children, but also ourselves and our homes and our families. So you're welcome to join that. And also if you're a parent, you need to join the Parent Royals WhatsApp group um, where you'll be encouraged, where you'll be ensured that you're prayed for um, and also where you can be part of the parent community. So if you are interested in that, please email kcroyals at kculture.org. Thank you. The given details can be found in the description of this video, so make sure you check them out. Um, also, don't forget to reference exactly what it is that you're given for. Um, so if you're given for the building fund, um, for the min uh, minister's fund, for the Kenyan orphanage, things like that, just make sure you reference exactly what it is you are given for. General Assembly will be in two weeks. It will also coincide with week of apostolic emphasis, which will start from the 4th of April. Thank you so much for joining us um, this afternoon. I hope you had an amazing time. I will see you next week. Bye. Minister Amanda, awesome and flawless as also as ever. Um, just one final announcement. Next week we'll be having our evangelism outreach. So that's gonna be in London, Sheffield, Nottingham and Edinburgh. So be sure to touch base and get out on the streets. And as we wrap up, let's just get our feet and say the grace and share the grace. Okay. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forever. Amen. Surely goodness and mercy shall be with us all the times of life. House for Lord forever and ever. Amen. Amen. And there will be a Mother's Day meet uh, video so please stay behind. The good stuff and the bad stuff because they asked made you who you are today. Let's go back to the beginning. Dear mum, it's hard to picture this way, but once you're an actual little baby, you cried, you drank milk, 
Our next stage that you went through was when you were a toddler. When you were a toddler, you learnt how to walk and you learnt how to feed yourself. I'm grateful for my life. I'm grateful that, grateful for that you taught me how to do writing and reading. I'm grateful that you gave birth to me because without you, I wouldn't be here. Once you are a tween, you went to school, you did your assessments, you probably, you probably got A or a B, and you probably sometime might have been upset in school, and then you became in a, a little bit more independent, and you were probably in your five or your six. And I'm very grateful that you brought me into this world and what you've done for me. Now, you're a teenager. You're more independent. You, you went to secondary school. You probably met my future dad and you passed your tests. And I'm very grateful again for all you've done for me. You, one day you were an adult. You probably had your birthday. Then you got married. You might have gotten married on your birthday, or you probably got married on your on dad's birthday. But anyway, soon you had me and my brother. Then, when you're a grandma, you will have grandkids. And for those who are not married yet, you this this is what you'll be looking forward to in the future. We are so proud to have you in our lives. Today, I represent everyone that you have ever blessed, including your unborn children. Thank you so much. Happy Mother's Day!